Talking to Charlie Leaguer in this episode of Extreme Ass Cutting the Curves, member spotlight. Charlie came back to the farm as a middle-aged guy and went through some hardship. Great lessons to share with you in this episode. Welcome to Extreme Axe Cutting the Curve podcast, where we cut your learning curve with insights you can apply immediately to your farming operation. This episode is presented by Loveland Products. When it comes to crop inputs, you need products that are field proven to deliver both results and value. For more than 50 years, Loveland Products has been providing farmers with high-performance, value-driven product solutions designed to maximize productivity on every acre. Visit lovelandproducts.com to see how their innovative products can help you farm more profitably. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Max Cutting the Curve member spotlight talking to Charlie Leaguer. Charlie comes to us from Maryland. That's right, another one of those Maryland farmers. He's a buddy with Temple Roads, and he's also a good dude who came back to the farm as a middle-aged guy full-time. See, he actually didn't have room on the farming operation, so he had to go and start his own business as a contractor. Then all of a sudden, his father dies. He comes back, takes over the thing full-term, and then also he goes through some hardship. There's a lot of lessons here, and we're going to talk to Charlie about his journey into uh, farming back Back into farming, I should say, from his childhood to today, and also the good things that he's applying and doing on his farming operation that he's taken from Extreme Ag. Charlie, thanks for being here. Thank you, Dean. So anyway, uh, when Temple said, hey, you should talk to this guy, he's got a good story. Um, and, and it's not a good story. It's more of a, it's a good story that's a hard story. I was one of nine kids. We didn't have much of a full size. I mean, our farming operation was a shoestring budget. There was obviously not enough living there for uh, one set of one family, let alone multiple families. So that talk that a lot of people had, hey, there's no room for you here, kid. Go, go, go do your own thing. A lot of people have had that over the years. You went away and started your contractor business and you were in construction. Then you assisted, but you came back full time. So kind of give us that journey, because a lot of people are probably going through that still with their own uh, situation or even they're they're, uh, bringing the next generation back. Absolutely. Um, You know, back in the day growing up on the farm, I helped from a very young age Um, and then as I was in, going through high school, you know, the, the times, the years got lean, the droughts, the floods, the, you know, there was multiple people from their family that worked together. So I was low man on totem pole. Um, unfortunately, I had to leave the farm. There just wasn't enough there to support, you know, as I was getting older. Um, so I had to go into the contracting business, um, which did me very well. Um, but I always helped on the farm, you know, during the seasonal times, uh, spring and fall. After hour, after my construction job, um, you know, so on and so on. So from that, my first passion was always farming, but I did what I had to do to survive. And I loved the construction business. Very good to me. I built some beautiful multi-million dollar homes. Um, and and it goes right back into the, the same scenario, passion of farming. You also have a passion, whatever job you do, whatever that may end up being. If, if you're very, if you take and put the, you know, put yourself into that and you put a hundred percent into it, good things come out of that. And that's, and that's what I do with the construction. I met some really good people. Um, so it did me well, but like I say, my first passion was farming. And then of course, when my father passed, um, 
in 2020, um, it's kind of threw me right into the, the fire per se. Um, I had to make a, you know, I had, I either had to make a move. I was either going to do it or I wasn't. And I, and I really wanted to at least try. I knew I could never live myself. But I didn't at least try. You got your, so here you we are. Your, you still got your construction business going, right? That's correct. Yes. So on a much smaller scale. Okay. So here's what's interesting is that you said, oh, so I had to go out and start this thing. Starting a business building homes is not like nothing. I mean, this isn't like, oh, yeah, so I went and got a, a government job. I mean, you're talking about you started a business. You were a young guy and you started. a, And, and so there's there's a entrepreneurial vein in you, clearly. So a lot of people that um, are, are farm people have side businesses, but this was a full-blown business. You were building million-dollar homes, and then you came back to This wasn't like, oh, I sell seed on the side, or I, uh, you know, I also go and do some. So tell us about that. Sure, sure. So like I say, it was very demanding, a lot of phone calls. And the neat part with technology of today, you can actually do two things. You know, it's, it's tough on a full-time basis, which has been mentally challenging, needs to say and financially challenging as well. Uh, but you can, with technology of today, you can actually, uh, you can do two things at once, um, which, as we say, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely challenging, but it, it can be, it can did be start, done. Did you start the, con the construction business from scratch? With what? You started your construction business from scratch? Yes, that's correct. You had, a, you had a truck and a ham. You had a truck and a hammer, and said, "I'm gonna come and build a house for you." Well, let, let's hold back. Let's hold back a little. There's a little more to the story, and like I say, we might have to do a series of podcasts here to tell the whole story of all of it, complete to every little detail. But I actually went to work as a delivery guy from a lumberyard, and from that, I met a guy um, that I delivered lumber to that was uh, worked by himself. Um, he was ten years my elder. He was an Italian, so he was a little hard-headed. Um, and I got a, took a liking to him. He took a liking to me, and he said, look, you know, I, and I was asking, I didn't want to be a delivery driver all my life. Right. So I asked him, I said, look, are you looking for some help? And he said, uh, absolutely. So I actually went to work for this guy one-on-one, -on -one, and then we became in business together uh, two years, three years after that. Um, so I had, so I did have an experience and somebody take my hand and, and help me. And, and he was really a detailed guy. Everything had to be perfect from the ground up. And that taught me a lot. Cause I mean, we even did not to get technical, but like the framing part of it, if, if something was an eighth inch out of square, I mean, we were taking things apart and putting them back together to make it, perfect. it had to be perfect. And so therefore um, that taught me I learned the right way, you know, right out of the gate at a, at a young age. So on the construction side, well, he was 10 years my elder. I'm a young guy. He was one job at a time. I was kind of looking at multiple. I felt like as a career path, I need to do more than one job at a time. I had to do multiple jobs to make a decent living out of it. So, so that's where we kind of clashed and we ended up, we separated. We basically went through our own little business divorce, but I still talk to him on a monthly basis, even today after 23 years of business and for myself. So, uh, you know, so it was one of those, but that's where I learned on the trade side, on the Christian side, I actually had a mentor that taught me the trade well 
and how to do it well. And I'm a hands-on guy, so I'm not a checkable contractor where I did. I'm a job with a tool bag. I'm, I'm driving nails just like everybody else. I'm, I'm there. And that's, so that's, you know, so that's back to the farming thing where you're hands-on, you know what I mean? You're, I, I've always been a hands-on guy. So when you talk about uh, having this mentor too, I mean, you're, you're handy cause you're a farm kid. I mean, all of us had to do certain stuff, you know, uh, I still, I still find it funny. People say, I'm surprised you know how to do this. I'm like, well, you think this is the first time I've had to touch a wrench? <laughs> you think this is the first time I've had to do this? So you were handy. Then you became a construction guy. What was the farming involvement with over those years? I mean, you're 50, what are you? You're almost my age, like 53 or four years old. 56. Right? I'm 50, 56. I'm 56. Old. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're in your 20s, uh, you know, you've got to make a living and you've got your construction job going and then you got your construction business that you've, you know, fused with uh, your, your mentor. What was farming during that time? Well, what I did on the on that was any, I picked up the pieces anywhere I had to pick up the pieces, whether it be run a planner, run, you know, whatever it may be, run a combine. Um, there's always been, you know, there on the farm, you know, there's always something that has to be done. So during the busy time, I would I would do that. Now at the at the later years, the last 10, 15 years prior to my father's passing, I did all the planning. I did all the the technical things. He he ran the combine. He did, you know, that that was his thing. So I um um that was, you know, so 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 basically in the beginning was a little bit of everything. And then toward the end it was the the technical stuff that, you know, you had to be really when your dad told you, when your dad said, hey, you like this farming thing, but you're going to have to go and get a job because there's no room for you here. And again, a lot of us have, have been through that. Uh, did, was there another sibling? Was like there an older sibling? Uh, was there somebody else that was already sitting there? Yes, and, I have. Yes, I have. I have an older sister. And was she involved in the farm? No, she was not involved. In and farm. never wanted to be. No, she never, she, she had her own path. She had her own path. She never wanted to be a part of. Got it. Uh, so when you, when you were then running your, your you know, working for somebody else or running your own construction business, you were involved in the farm as a, on, as an as needed basis. But then was there that time when your, uh, when your old man says, Hey, I'm getting older. Um, you know, maybe it's time for you to be a little bit more involved or how, how did the, besides him dying, how was the handoff? I'm assuming that there was a, a little bit before that where it's like, Hey, you know what, Charlie, we need you to be involved here. Well, there comes with age, you know, there comes dependency and it got to the point where, um, you know, a full eight hour day on the job and then go there. It was really late in the day. So it got to the point where I had enough good help field that usually by lunchtime, one o'clock, I could peel out of the job site and go. So I was, so I was earlier and that, that, that transpired 10, 10 years or more prior to his death. So that, that, so it seemed like he got dependent on coming there at lunchtime. You know, he was used to that occurring. So, so that's where it rolled into that dependency. But he also saw the drive that I had to, continue the farm and that began and that began when you were in your late 30s 40 yeah that would have been that would have been in my late 30s early 40s yes got it yes all right so uh from the business standpoint 
Did you have that discussion back then? Like, hey, dad, I'm going to be involved now. And, and here's here's how we should structure this. Or was it, uh, well, when I die, then it'll be yours. Was there already a handoff going on? No, there was there was no there was no you know the thought in his mind, but it was always like we'll talk about it tomorrow. You know, sometimes the older generation is we'll kick that can down the road, we'll talk about it tomorrow, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Tomorrow never came. And that's the tough. I think I think his I think his hope was that I would continue the farm operation, but we never had that, you know, we never had that deal where he planned for the future. That didn't, that did not happen. Yeah. Well, by the way, that's a big problem. And I've been covering that on some other episodes about the business side of agriculture. That's a, and that's a, um, it creates, that's, it creates that's a lot a really of hassle. Big problem. That is a big problem. And I would advise anybody that they have a thought of their next generation taking over, they really need to have that discussion. They have to have a good plan because when that occurred, we you know we're talking, my father passed at the end of May. And when that occurred, the corn had been planted, the soybeans had not been planted. We're dealing with a harvest season just a couple, few months away. Um, and all of a sudden we're, you know, I'm handed, I had no skin in the game at all as far as no control over any suppliers, um, the farm checkbook, no, you know what I mean? So I really got handed a turd per se when my father passed. Um, that all of a sudden I really had to take the bull by the horns, like really, really rapidly. And then not only that, when you're, and we haven't got to the fire yet, but when that happened, that was like, man, how much can one person take? How much can one person deal with? Yeah. So, That's I mean, and I, I want to be in, in all due respect, as, as we always politely say, your dad's a good guy, presumably, but not business minded. And we've been covering this a lot on other episodes of the cutting the curve. You said you got handed the turd, and you're being very polite. You got handed what could have been an absolute disaster, and that's where I keep I keep in, you know bringing on different guests to talk about that transition and that business thing. This guy had no backup. He was in his seventies and had no backup, and didn't even have anybody else that that knew where the knew where the switches were. You know, that, that knew that knew where the which levers to pull. Yes, yes, and that's and that's, and that's true, but. I was one of those kids, you know, I was one of those people that always paid attention, always paid attention who was coming in the door, who was going out the door of the shop. Uh, yeah. I just paid attention. And I, and I, and there was people that came through the door that I didn't necessarily admire. Didn't think they were on the same page as my father per se. I didn't think they were necessarily helpful. So, but I paid attention. I was one of those kids that paid attention and I had a, you know, with some of the suppliers, I had a relationship with the managers because I was the guy dealing with the seed, the planter, you know, the, 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 some of the chemicals that were going in it, the starters, the so on and so on. So I did have those relationships with the people. I just didn't have the financial part. I wasn't dealing with any of that at that time. Yeah. I want to get into then the handoff of the business and then where you've taken it, because I think it's pretty exciting stuff. And obviously you're doing a good job and uh, Temple speaks very highly of you. I want to get into that. Before I do that, I want to ask you, dear listener and viewer, are you ready to stand up to weather-induced crop stress? Of course you are. You know what? It's Absolutely. Always, yes. 
it's always a it's always a question. We've got crop stress. So I want to talk to my listeners here, Mr. Charlie, about a product called Terramar. Terramar is an innovative biostimulant technology from Loveland Products designed to help your corn and soybean crops thrive, even under stressful conditions. Try Terramar. Terramar, exclusively available from Nutrient Ag Solutions. All right. So you've got... Um, to add to that, I've actually used the product. You've used the product? It, Absolutely use the product Terramar. Yes, absolutely. And you speak absolutely. highly last year. And uh, I do, I do see where the stress reducers are helping. And because I'm all dryland, I, I do not have any irrigated ground. So it's, it's really important for me. I've got to deal with the stress factor and I've seen um, those stress factors, those stress mitigators. I've actually seen those uh, work very well. Interesting. I want to talk about the coming back into the farming operation. So um, you always pay attention. Your your dad didn't necessarily set the table for you very well, um, and that that's always a challenge. And then you you're coming in and you're like, okay, and it's 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 still planting season. Uh, I got to bury my dad, and then I got to put in the soybeans. <laughs> I got to bury my dad, and then finish out some crops. Um, and then you still also have your own construction business pretty stressful time and the good news is do you think it's easier like i you know is it easier to do that when you're a middle-aged guy than when you're young when you're young you have more energy when you're old you don't have as much energy but you have more experience like you can more almost almost it might be easier when you're older to compartmentalize that's what i'm thinking well absolutely and i'm a stress i'm a stress guy anyway so i can you know so i can handle it because because of the million dollar homes and all that stuff carries a lot of stress um, because it's not the cookie cutter houses. You know what I mean? We can just come up and move on up the street where the multi-millions, you, you've got to have everything thought through the process. Um, so I've already been, you know, so I, I was used to the stress of things. Now, when it got compounded the way that it did, that was a little, that was definitely challenging, no question. And middle age definitely helped with the experience of the construction business um, it, it, it allowed me to have that mental capacity to handle that. And when to, I don't know, I guess a good way to put it is when to call spade a spade, you know, you could tell when somebody was blowing smoke up your butt, you know, you could say, Oh no, no, we're not doing that. You know, this is the way we're going to do it. This is the way we're going to handle it. So at, at a young age, it's hard for you to do that. But when you become in your thirties and forties and you've been around the block a little bit, you start to realize who's there in your corner, who's not. Yeah, it's pretty easy to see. Well, you've talked about your father, you know, uh, and then you talk about this handing things off. And then and I want to I want to give a little bit of a pat for what we do here at Extreme Ag. When did you come across the Extreme Ag thing? Because you've obviously used this as a resource for your, you know, going back into being the full blown production agriculture guy. What have you gleaned out of our situation? What have you gleaned out of what we're well, doing? also to go back to the history sample where I come from you know my both both sides of my grandparents were farmers both sets of my great-grandparents were so we're multi-generational farmers um so we always this goes into the scenario what I wasn't comfortable like I told you where I paid attention all along the path you know we here on the eastern shore of Maryland we always had we never really had our hands available to agronomists. We always had a salesman telling us what we should do and not do. 
Um, and, and as it become corporate, you could tell, and because I was dealing construction business, you saw some of the corporate, the monies, this and that, whatever, you start to realize that when it gets to corporate, that, you know, there's an agenda there. They're pushing products, they're pushing things. Well, I didn't necessarily like what one of them, some of them had to say or did. I didn't, I didn't know if that was necessarily right. And as Temple and the other guys, Matt and all the other said, you know, your dirt is your dirt. Nobody knows your dirt better than you. So the salesman is trying to sell us products that as a general, you know, to make profits on their sales and all that. And I get that. And I, and I understand it and I'm not trying to take it away from them, but my dirt is my dirt. And so I took it. That's where I started to Google research, do research on different things. Like now I could, argue or debate my sales like i don't think that's the best path for us to take i think we need to try this this or this and then of course then the debates start well sometimes they get a little frustrated because that's not what they want to hear so that's one thing extreme ag and and the internet has taught me or showed me that there is other ways to get to the final the end result that you're looking for without necessarily being told or sold a product that doesn't work for you. Uh, and because everybody's, everybody's dirt is different. So you got to figure that out. You got to, you got to, you know, do your research, dig up. You know, we never did. Damien, we never dug up plants. All the years I farmed, my father, my grandfather, we never dug up, look at root structure. We didn't, we, you know, tissue samples. We didn't do those things. We, you know, we just went by the salesman drive by and said, man, everything looks great. Corn looks green. Well, okay. What's well, green? Does it really, is it healthy? Is it really good? So, and that's where we're taking a little step further and really, really, really looking. And I look, I've met some really, with really extreme ag. I've met some really, really good people that, and I went by the philosophy and construction. All of it. If you surround yourself with good people, good things will happen. So, uh, that's my take on what I've learned from, from extreme ag is now I can debate my sales. And, yeah. And, you know, and, and well, know what I'm talking about. We did a recording with temple uh, a week or so ago and the topic came about taking back your farm. And uh, we're going to do more on that topic, but it's not that you are getting screwed. It's not that you're being taken advantage of. It's just that, You've got a lot going on. In your case, you've got a construction business to manage. You've got a farm to manage. You know, you've got a lot of stuff you're taking on. It's not unreasonable that you then utilize the services of a sales rep, uh, an agronomist, a consultant, uh, whatever. But the problem is after one, two, five years, you almost get it on cruise control where, well, Joe told me this and Cindy told me that, and it's almost like wait a minute maybe it's time to reevaluate and that's kind of what i'm hearing is that you you like you like to look for different angles on stuff to say um why are we doing that again i mean that's the, it's questioning and it's not it's not questioning just to be um uh, obstinate it's questioning because you want to a better outcome well that's true that's absolutely correct but also you got to understand i watched my father my grandfather i watched them farm on hope you know, we put it out there and we hope for the best. We hope it all works out. Hope doesn't pay the bills. You know, we got to be methodical. We got to be methodical and have a plan. Now, Mother Nature might have a different, you know, 
outset or you know from that but but we have to have a plan and i think if you can if you can make your plant as healthy as you possibly can make it and that's where the extreme act to take it a step further this is where you know we used, we used to always front load our, our crop and a lot of our soybeans we used to front load put a lot of money out and once again back to hope and hope it all worked out well, now with the technologies of today, now we're trying to figure out how we can do as little as possible to get it a good start, but then spoon feed that crop as we go along. Of course, you know, as Temple, where we're, you know, we're on the Chesapeake Bay watershed, so we got to be careful with our management plans. So we can't, we can't just do crazy stuff anyway, but we're trying to learn, you know, how we can spoon feed this along as Mother Nature cooperates, yeah. especially on dry land. How can we get the best bang for our buck, the ROIs, you know, I mean, look, Damien, these are all things that, you know, GDUs and PGRs, these are things three, four years ago, you asked me, I'd be, what was that? Yeah, I, right. I didn't know what it was. Now, now it's everyday conversation about right. which, which extreme ag and all, all the guys have been very helpful with that. Cause I throw in questions, you know, and I get answers and replies and, Hey, but it's been it's been it's been good. I didn't I didn't know what a plant growth regulator was until I uh, started working with these guys. And there's a lot of other things I didn't know. Um, you know, I, I'm going to throw this out there because there's a couple things. First off, <clears throat> farming has that family connotation, and and you're expected whether it's going to church, going to uh, the local ag meeting, or going on social media. We're supposed to be you know, all about uh, the family side and the, and the and the beautiful sunsets, and that's all great. I love that stuff, but I get the in talking to you. You're you're a business guy, and that's why um, you just said hope doesn't pay doesn't pay the bills. You said your dad died and left you a hell of a mess. And you said to everybody, get your stuff set up, get that, get that transition thing set up. You, were you a business guy and then came back to the farm or to this whole, you know, how, how did this thing, because you're, it's not that you're unemotional, but you're almost like, Hey, damn it. This needs to be done. Like I get the, I get the idea that you're very pragmatic and business minded. Uh, well, and so yeah, am I. So By the way, I get I get bashed on. And, and also, I, I get yeah. bashed on about that also. Like Damien, your business, you 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 don't. Well, I came up I came up with a bunch of non business minded people. My parents were not business minded people. Good hard workers, but and I'm like, why are we working this hard instead of working smart? And that's where I guess I'm going with this. Yes, and that's that's where I I know you know look the farming. Is very challenging. Anything, construction business, the contract, it's all very challenging. And you've got to watch the pennies because, you know, the dollars take care of themselves. I had an older gentleman tell me one time the dollars will take care of themselves, watch the pennies. And that's, and once again, I listened, I listened to the older generations and I always admired what they had to say because you could learn a lot from them. So, and this farming is so, so critical on watching you know you've got to watch dollars and cents you know and then comes the you know uh, you know i'm trying to pick up i'm fighting for pennies so anything i can do and look i'm not afraid to spend the money if i think i'm going to get a return on that money spent so I, I guess that's where the business comes in 
afraid to spend it because you can certainly be too tight in this game and we're back to hope again. Put a little bit and hope for the best. Well, uh, once again, hope doesn't pay the best. I just send to the power company, I love you, and get expect to get my electric bill, you know, funded or taken <laughs> away. So, you know, so I, you, so we got to be methodical. All farmers have to be nowadays be methodical in the process. Because if not, it's going to chew you up. Man, there's a lot of dollars traded in the farming industry. You can be respectful. You can be respectful, but also um, critical about the things, the people that were before you. And what I'm hearing is when I said I was raised by hardworking people, but not business-minded people, I'm almost getting that same thing from you, that you're, you're respectful, but you also are critical saying, should have done this should have done that i'm going to do better and here's how i'm going to do it and that that that's how i think businesses evolve and improve uh absolutely and look, i'm not trying to dish what my predecessors my father you know because he survived that long you know what i mean in the in the ag industry he survived that you know that long but i just that things have changed as as time goes on Mother time takes care of, you know, it's different farming in the 2020s than it is in the 1980s, 1990s. It's, it's different. It's just different. A lot of, like I say, once again, a lot of money exchanging hands, a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. So by the way, let's talk about your operation. And incidentally, and we're not going to gloss over this, but there was other hardship a couple months after your dad dies, you're thrown back into the operation and you're, and you're doing it. Uh, you also had a fire and lost all your equipment. Yes, two months, two months almost to the day um, of 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 my father passing. I got the phone call at two thirty in the morning that our shop was on fire and don't be in a hurry to get up the highway. I'm about twenty minutes away, and uh, said you're not going to be able to save anything. Well, needless to say, as I'm driving up the highway at about eighty miles an hour or eighty five. Um, I'm, I'm looking up in the sky, like, how much more can I take? Is this a sign, you know, is this a sign from my father? Like, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Are you, you know, so that was completely devastating. And that was one of them. The, the shop was, was a secondary farm. Um, that was like home base, you know, that's, I assume that building that those pieces would always be there. You know, the heritage of my grandfather's father's, um, yeah. wrenches, tools, right. you know, we had multiple service trucks in there. You know, I just assume that stuff would be around forever and, ever, and, and never in a million years did I ever think I'd get that phone call that, uh, you've lost about everything. So, um, that's that was that was really that was like at that point like wow where right you know, how many years ago was this what, what i mean how many years ago was this what's that how many years ago was this this was in 2020 was three years ago three years ago over three years. so where are you now where are you now three years later where are you uh you're in your third you're in your fourth season of of, of calling the shots uh where are you now well, actually, I'm in a very, like I say, I'm in a really, wow, I'm in a good spot because, you know, the commodity market's done well. Um, so, and our crops have been phenomenal. So, you know, I'm really, I'm really comfortable, but unfortunately, I need a few more good years under my belt before I get comfortable. 
because like you say, it was basically like starting over again. Uh, the ground, the, the relationship with the landlords um, was there. So that's why that was a big plus, you know, after my father passed um, that I was able to keep, you know, cause that's the hard part is acquiring land to till, as we all know, that's, that's a battle. Um, so that battle was already taken care of, you know, so all I had to deal with was the equipment. So after the fire, you know, I reached out to uh, about all the suppliers and, and I'm back to that, you know, we were, we were case IH. My father was loved my grandfather. Um, but I put it out there to all of them, you know, how can you help me in this situation? What I have, I've been thrown a turd here, you know, what can, what can we do? So, um, and, and the majority were, were, were helpful, um, because they were, you know, a lot of them were, what do you have to have for the fall harvest? Cause once again, the fall is in July, we're starting harvest in September. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, and needs to say the insurance company from the fire, uh, which that's a whole nother podcast, um, that battle, but you know, they, they send a check for, it's, it's an over a million dollar claim and they're sending a check for $10,000. Like, well, this to help you with fall. That really doesn't do me a whole lot of good. Yeah, right, right, right. I, what are you you're giving me $10,000 to help me along to get to fall. Um, I can't rent a combine for the fall for 10 grand. For 10 grand. So that's where, that's, that's where I had to lean on um some machinery dealers like you know this is this is what i got what can we do how can we do it um so on and so on so trying to put all the pieces of the puzzle together and some were were extremely some were very very helpful so and they said look we'll we'll, we'll get you what you have to have um and that's um and that and that worked out so um and then so like i say i put it all out there and then whoever could once again whoever could work good with me you know, the good people around you, so on and so on. Um, I said, uh, that's where I went to purchase a lot of the equipment for after I got through the fall and I kind of saw clear through the mess and through the hurdles. And, and, uh, it was like, say it was, you know, we're, we're talking a whole different storyline there with the insurance claim of that magnitude. So you had a, um, you, you're, you got obviously some, your mom's still alive? Yes, mom is still alive. That's correct. So yes. it's not as though you just inherit uh, everything because the truth is some of your father's assets or many of them, most of them probably go to go to her. So from a business structure standpoint, um, are you comfortable with the way you're structured now? I am comfortable. Yes, I, I am comfortable. If, if it had to, if all those, those line of events had to happen, it couldn't, if it had to happen and look, I didn't want it to happen, none of it to happen, but if it had to happen timing wise, it worked out to my favor only because COVID hit after that. And then used equipment become hard to get your hands on. It become extremely more valuable. If all that things had happened two or three years after it actually did happen, I don't know that I could have continued to farm. Mm-hmm. because those things became out of reach at the time it all occurred it was within reach you could actually make it work on paper you know, it penciled out so that's where timing plays into all this as well you know it's it all goes into timing 
So uh, are you buying or did, did your mom say, man, uh, you're going to take this? I mean, is it is it work on paper? You talk about making it work on paper. Technically, uh, it, it, it's there's still a lot of there's still a lot of things to be worked through. You have a sibling, you have a mom and you've got this farming operation. You've got your construction business. This could be a lot. This could be a little overwhelming. Yes, absolutely. And, and the thing with the uh, after my father's passing, you know, begin to take pictures. I assumed there was going to be a buyout. I was going to buy my mother out of the farming, the equipment, all that stuff. So I began to take pictures of cereal plates, pictures of the equipment, so we could get appraisals done on the equipment. Did I? I did not know I was going to use those for the appraisal for the fire. Right. You know, I'm I'm right. considering I'm taking those as the appraisal to buy my mother out of the business. So it kind of that part kind of worked out. Now that I think that would have been easier to do to buy my mother out, buy the equipment from my mother. But unfortunately with the fire, the insurance money became, that was hers. That was my mother's money because that was my dad's equipment. So now I had to go buy equipment. So cleaned all that up, but yet it made it more complicated because it probably been financially easier to deal with my mother buying it out than it was. Now I'm going, you know, sold to buy the equipment. So that's where that's, like I say, it, it was a lot to process and a very short window as, as you can imagine. But, you know, I say, if it happens to anybody, you know, just, just hold your head high and just keep plugging, trudging forward and you'll get through it, get to the other side. Cause it is worth the fight. Yeah, that's that's really good uh parting advice do you have any other parting advice uh incidentally the, the here you are three you're in your fourth crop season now uh you still excited i am i'm still excited yes and i and i'm always looking for that next that next product it's going to be you know it's going to be the next one that we try do because we're doing a lot of trials we're we're, we're you know we're, we're trying things as we go to, to see what benefits us. And, uh, and I have a son that's 29 years old, so that's very helpful. He's, he's on the farm with me as well. So that's, that's been, you know, so you're seeing that. And I try to, everything that I'm doing, I try to explain to my son. Um, my father and I didn't have necessarily have the best communication skills. We talked, but he didn't necessarily tell me why he was doing what he was doing. I tried to do that with my son. I try to walk him through. So God forbid he's not blindsided kind of like I was. So I involve him and I involve him and I question and answer, you know, what do you think about doing this? What do you think about trying that? You know, so, and that's been, and that's part of the reason that keeps me, the drive keeps you going too, you know, for the next, to get through the next year, get to the next year, get to the next year, you know, so on and so on. So hopefully if it all works out, we'll, we're recording this in November of 2023. Look into 2024. What's the, what's give me a, give me one big initiative, one big thought, one big idea for 2024 that you're you're rolling around. Ooh, uh, that's a trick question because there's so many thoughts bounced through my head. Um, I have a lot of voices in my head, but uh, I would say. Um, what scares me is the commodity, you know, you start to see the commodity market go down, kind of spiral down a little bit here, becoming more challenging. So how can you, how can you get the good crop? How can you grow that crop and produce enough to, to make it through, you know, to get to the next year, I guess, 
I guess that would be my biggest take on what's coming up for the following year. You know, how, how can we keep the good production going and we, we're not going to have the monies available to throw at it like we have in the past because of the commodity market the way it is. So markets, markets are challenging. That's, that's what I see. <laughs> well, I, I think that that's accurate. Uh, one big thing you're going to try though, you got anything you're excited about that you're like, hey, you know, one thing I'm going to do, I've never done before. New, crop, uh, new product, new practice. Um, new products. Uh, I can't. I haven't. I haven't done enough research yet this fall to go through my analysis of all my data to say what what that uh, what new product um, would be in my. I knew Terramore is definitely one of them that I'm definitely considering as a across the board product um, like, and like and that. every pass. I like that. Um, and right. only another, and another thing that I, you know, that I did um, is the very first piece of equipment that I bought was a sprayer before I bought a tractor, before I bought a combine, because I needed to learn the chemistry of what we're trying to do. And that's been so far, Damien, I haven't killed anything yet um, that I'm not supposed to kill. So, uh, um, but that's, I know what I'm putting in that sprayer, what I'm dumping in there. And that's, what's really been a beneficial to me is is i'm seeing the result i got clean fields um and 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 everything is is growing well and healthy so um I, I, that was that was very very helpful for me to learn that side of the farming you know it's interesting uh, you talked a lot about learning and 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 uh whatnot and that's what we're all about here so i think that's kind of cool and you're 56 there's unfortunately there's people that aren't listening to what we do and they're your age and they think that they know everything and i feel bad for those people because here you are saying i'm i'm still learning and trying, and trying yeah and you gotta you know it's it's back in the day with with the uh, other equipment you know you're you were lucky if you got one new piece a year and one new piece every three years well you gotta you've got to keep in mind that fall of that year uh, after the fire I'm dealing with all new equipment, sprayer, planter, that's auto shutoffs, uh, row shutoffs, you know, the technique and all that. I had to learn that in one year. Yeah. You talk about challenging. There was days that I'm like, man, is it worth all this crap? Holy moly. You know, little little tricks that, you know, one piece is bad enough to learn, but when you had to learn multiple pieces, that was really tough. That was, that was, that was make you, uh, yeah. Jump, jump, jumping, you off the high, jumping off the high dive, uh, no flow. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah, I didn't want to say that out loud, but yes, definitely, uh, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely challenging. It was, it was tough. It was tough. Right. But hey, we got through it. We got through it. We're moving on and, and, uh, hey. I want you to come back in a couple of years and tell me, you know, almost like five years, six years into reassembling uh, and and rejoining uh, the farming operation and tell us what the next thing is. Because I get the impression that you're doing a lot of things and you're excited about it. And you probably are going to say, geez, in just in two years, I realized I'm making mistakes over here. So I want you to come back in a couple of years. His name's Charlie Leaguer. But it might be one of those things that told you how stupid I was two years ago, too. Well, thinking, you know, what? thinking what I was thinking. You know, you know, we we don't we don't know. But successful people admit that they that they were doing stuff wrong in the old days, and that's uh, why they that's why they're successful, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's the only way I learn is by doing dumb stuff. And like that was stupid. Don't ever do that again. So I'm 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 a hands-on guy for that crap. That's for sure. Yes. I like it. He's a business guy too. All right. His name is Charlie Leaguer. He's a member of Extreme Ag. If you are listening to this and you want to be a member of Extreme Ag, remember just 750 bucks a year is a very, very small down payment on all the uh, return you're going to get from the lessons, the trials, the also the the interaction. I, you know, even Charlie talked about it. He can go in there and type in a question and get feedback from the Extreme Ag guys. So it's uh, it's a beneficial thing. He's one of our members. It's a member spotlight. He's a Maryland guy. If you're uh, wanting to look up Charlie Leaguer, uh, if they want to find you, how do they find you? Somebody says, hey, man, I got a question. Man, just uh, email me, cjleaguer at gmail.com. cjleaguer at gmail.com. Hope doesn't pay the bills. I wrote it down, and the dollars will take care of themselves. Watch out. Watch the pennies. I love it. He's got some wisdom. Anyway, his name is Charlie Leaguer. My name is Damian Mason. Thanks for being here. Till next time, this is Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. But there is plenty more available by visiting extremeag.farm. For over 50 years, farmers have turned to the proven lineup of crop inputs offered by Loveland Products. From seed treatments, plant nutrition, adjuvant, and crop protection products, Loveland has the complete lineup to keep your farming operation productive and most importantly, profitable. Check out lovelandproducts.com to learn more.